0: What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. We're hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at irloonstar.com. Make sure to check out the Facebook page, Facebook backslash Nerd Thug Radio, because that's where all the magic happens. Uh, those boudoir photos are coming any day now. Any day now. <laughs> uh, this is Corey DLG. We're still doing this corona quarantine style because staying safe and staying healthy. Or steps one and two of being a good nerd. So, from his own home studio, Little Brother Nico. Hello, hello. How are you today, buddy?
1: Uh, You know, getting back into the game of waking up early is a tragic event, but we're making it work. (laughs) We're still living. You poor, poor, terrible child.
0: Having to get a summer job now that school's out. You know, I remember just talking to you just last week where you were like, yeah, man, I'm going to have all this free time, so we're going to be able to do a bunch of stuff. And then this week, you're like,
1: I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> what a tragic turn of events.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, to be a young college student and be like, oh, I have to work. I don't want to. I love it. I love it, though.
1: <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't
0: want to. It's so great because it's such a, like, a. <laughs> see, it's just so, it's so you to, like, someone making you do it. And then you also being like, man
1: like like, (laughs) accepting my my pay and like grumpy like i guess i'll get this money i'll just take this to the bank i guess thanks i suppose
0: (laughs) (laughs) next next to the ungrateful and entitled nico (laughs) that's me hey that's me uh
1: (laughs) that's funny oh gosh
0: um Man, so it's been a pretty chill weekend though. We've been kind of getting stuff ready behind the scenes. I think we're like a week behind. I said we were going to launch the Summer of Nerds dog last week, but we still need it to dot some eyes and some T's, and those teas are evasive. They are they're dodgy. Um, <laughs> this week we are still wrapping up the contest. You 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 are still eligible. You're still in it to win it. You can still get yourself a Black Mana Chase from the newest Justice League Unlimited Hero Click set. All you have to do is DM a screen grab of you liking, sharing with an enthusiastic message, or subscribing to Thug Radio on any platform, and we will count that as an entry for you to try and win yourself a Black Manta chase from Justice League Unlimited. Uh, Second place is going to be three LEs, and then uh, third place is going to be one of these cool Marvel keychains. So I I have to be honest, one of them got opened up on accident when the package shipped to us. So uh, finally I was like, "Well, I can't ship an open one to somebody. Like, that's not a, an exciting prize. It'll look like we we picked it." So I went ahead and finished opening it and pulled it out. It's the Black Panther. He's pretty cool.
1: It's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm, my, I'm, keys my, now?
0: I'm gonna put them on my on the front of my page. Uh, I put my keys in my pocket a lot. Like you, know, you young people, hang your keys on stuff. I, oh, I don't I hang my keys. Well, you've got like three Kermit the Frogs on yours. I don't understand how you keep track of it. you have. <laughs>
1: I didn't. I lost those keys.
0: Oh, that's right. That's a good point. Somehow, <laughs> twelve pounds of attachments. You lost a set of keys. Um, I don't like this much stuff in my pockets. So he's gonna go on something. He's probably gonna go on my bag or something though.
1: And your little your little carrying case. But he's
0: cool, man. He's got like, he's really solid. He's 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 a cool little guy. I like him. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him up on the.
1: Yeah, those keychains are you know? pretty nice. He's a
0: cool guy. He, the fans will get to meet the Black Panther. Uh, but yeah, these things are cool, man. So you get to hang them up on stuff, put them on keychains, put them on purses, put them on backpacks, put them on all kinds of little things. Fun little accessory, third place price. It's cool. Also, we're getting ready to launch my second issue of Another Day at the Office, and I'm also gearing up a second title. Uh, i kind of cleaning everything up, and I still have copies of my first issue. So I've got to go through my records. I feel like I owe about 10 or 15 people another copy of the first issue. So hopefully this week we'll get everything out and be done with that. Nice. Yeah. It'll be be good to just be like, no more of this. We've moved on. It'll be finally over. Your first run. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Um, Also just as exciting this week, on Friday I had started the Garth Brooks the road I'm on documentary on Netflix.
1: You did text me Garth Brooks facts. I did.
0: Is, are they not the coolest facts though? Is he not probably the coolest guy ever?
1: As your, as the singular Garth Brook fan, I'm just, I'm just, I'm surprised you're able to give so much money to Garth Brooks.
0: Right. Like I, it blows my mind. Uh, yeah, he just holds all my wealth for me. I just give it all to, I write it all over to him. Um, so one of the ones I texted you, they're talking about he did this stadium tour. And we mentioned – I mentioned from memory how the last tour he did, he basically did it as a series of sellouts. So every day they would put another concert on, on sale, and if it's sold out, he would put another concert on sale, then another concert, and then another concert, and then another concert. Um, well, when the ticket numbers came out for that, final, for that final concert tour, I had texted you that the United States record – for ticket sales for a tour was U2 with 2.6 million. And then Garth Brooks did this tour, and the new record was now Garth Brooks with like 7.4 tickets.
1: Yeah. More than doubles the previous record. Almost triples it.
0: thats I mean, tell me that's not like the greatest
1: victory lap in the history of like what up people? Oh wait, no, it does triple it. He more than triples it because it's two to seven. I can't count, yeah. Yeah, it's two, it's
0: 2.6, it goes to 5.2, and then like 7.8. So he maybe just under triples it. Um, it's it's literally though. I mean, you're talking when you can more when you definitely more than double the previous
1: world record for anything, anything, right? And it's you too, they sold their entire album for free on iTunes, like.
0: You know what's funny They're is people cheating. still hate them for that.
1: Like it was just weird cuz it was always like oh you have this random u2 record as well. Right and then you couldn't delete it for a long time either. Cuz then people were like oh well, and then people, it. people were just asking u2. Yeah.
0: Like you couldn't <laughs> you couldn't delete the album so like it came with an update from Apple and it was like part of their new relaunch of Apple Music was this free u2 album and then you know, for people who have the smaller or older phones, I'm always one or two models behind on my phone because uh, I actually use a phone until it kind of gives up.
1: Um, I'm rocking a whole six behind right now. Jesus.
0: Like, you shop at an antique store. You still have to wind your phone up and ask for the operator.
1: Um, <laughs> There's one operator just for my phone. <laughs> and the
0: thing is, is she just plugs you into the internet. Like, she doesn't even connect you to a person anymore. It's just one plug to one plug. Um, That's, that's so stupid. <laughs> um, but the the reality of it is, is that like, yeah, you were stuck with this album that you didn't really want. And it was, such a, it was supposed to be like a good, fun, promotional explosion thing. And it was so, like the backlash was so severe that finally you two had to give permission to Apple to let Apple make their album deletable. Like how humiliating is that? <laughs>
1: Because yeah, you don't want to delete music, and they're like, nah, but I really don't like this U2 album.
0: Well, but like, it's a space issue, right? But then, because the way it was put on the phone is like, you, it was part of the update, it was locked in, like, <laughs> you were stuck with this album, like it or not. And so, there were people who were like, oh, I'd rather have the family photos than u album. Um,
1: Apple, U2 <laughs> clearly had other ideas, right?
0: So, like, it's just kind of a weird thing. And then you got to imagine, like, that meeting, Bono's like, okay, fine, let them delete the album, I guess. The free album I gave them.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to make the people happy. They do know I have and the world record <laughs> the
0: U.S. record for ticket sales on a tour, right? Like, they do know I'm a big deal. And then Garth Brooks is like, not so fast, Bono.
1: <laughs> Look, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know about you 2 until I got their free album, so...
0: Like, I don't know what to say to that either. U2 is an amazing band. With their band up there, and, like, in the era of Garth Like, how do I say this? Okay, so in football, right now, we have seen this really unique era of incredibly talented quarterbacks. Guys like Brett Favre, who before would be Hall of Famers, and still is a Hall of Famer, he's now a lesser Hall of Famer because of guys like
1: Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I don't know. He's also not a good Hall of Famer because he stole money from people, but he didn't actually. He gave it back. He gave it back. He gave it because it was a
0: misunderstanding. Because he charged a charity three million dollars.
1: I don't know. I
0: don't know how that works. I don't know We've... what Ray Far was getting three million dollars from a charity for anything, but whatever. Um. So when he's not skimming money from children agencies in Georgia or wherever it was Mississippi, um. He was, like, I think he held, like, all the records at one point. Starts, uh, completions, touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was all of it, right? Um, Peyton Manning mm-hmm. passes them on, on all of them, and now Tom Brady, I think, has passed both of them on most of them, but more importantly, has just way more Super Bowls than either one of them. Um, right. And so I think that there's, we're in this biased era where because we're seeing Tom Brady, we forget about all the other guys. And so in music, I think it's the same way where we kind of, because there's been so many big iconic acts in the last twenty years, we forget about everyone else. And so, when you start sitting, when you start realizing, so the band Genesis has Phil Collins in it. Phil Collins winds up winning uh, Grammys for you, probably more known for his work on the Tarzan soundtrack than for his own. Acropolis. Yeah, the Tarzan soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you, uh, but phil collins was an incredibly accomplished musician for for decades and genesis was an amazing band before he was even the lead singer he starts out as just the drummer on top of that the four members that make up genesis each go on to write number one hits on their own like as a band they were great but more amazing is just they were all that good
1: right like genesis is one of these super bands that i feel like And not even, like, the common definition where it's like, oh, a bunch of stars got together and made a band. It's like, no, this band went on to do other things even after they separated.
0: Right, yeah. The people of this band didn't go away. And then, like, Queen was sort of the same thing. When you kind of look into Queen, you find out that several members of the band wrote several different songs, and they were each pitching in songs on the album. And then you find out that they all, like, a lot of them went on to do other music and, and had great success with it. There's a lot of, like, you start sting the musician sting from the police the police were a great band and then he's a great musician on his own his accomplishments with the police are great and then his accomplishments on his own are even better and you just like you kind of start history your memory starts fudging the history a little bit i feel like and people start forgetting just what all goes into it yeah and so guys like garth brooks get forgotten Bands like U2 get forgotten. Uh, But the reality is they're a pretty big deal. They're pretty big. Pretty big deal. Um, But yeah, man. So this Garth Brooks, it's only a couple episodes. Uh, Also, I forgot about this. I I don't know that I even knew this. I shouldn't say forgot so much as I didn't know it probably. I might have been too young. Um, He was supposed to sing the national anthem at one of the Super Bowls. It's the Buffalo Bills-Cowboys one. They played two together. So, it's early nineties, okay mm-hmm. and he said, "I'll do it, but you have to debut my new music video for my new album, and the song is "We Shall be Free," which is this like gospel inspired song of freedom, but it's for everybody uh it's not just black and whites it's it's also gay and transgender, like it's literally a song of inclusivity in nineteen ninety two um and so NBC was doing that Super Bowl, and initially they said, "Yeah, sounds great. Handshake, no problem." Well, the day of, as time as as time is building up to the day of, NBC keeps trying to find ways out of airing the music video. Uh, what if we do this part? What if we air the? What if we promise to put it on, like on something like? What if we do this? What if we do that? Like, and he's like, "Guys, we had a deal. I'm doing the national anthem. You're airing the music video. That's the deal." Uh, and so. He's just not budging. So the day of, he's at the Super Bowl, and they've got him in his little side dressing room because it's the Super Bowl, and there's a bunch of people there. Uh, but they oh. haven't heard the music video yet. And so he said it gets to, it starts getting closer and closer to that time. Uh, well, he goes ahead and he sits down in front of his little locker area, and he starts undressing, taking his boots off, getting out of his cowboy gear, putting on his street clothes. He says, and. That's when NBC realizes he's not going to do the national anthem if they don't air the music video. So now they don't have anyone to do the national anthem. So suddenly they're scrambling through the crowd of celebrities to try and find someone on the spot who will do the national anthem, which every singer will tell you is one of the hardest songs to sing, period. So they can't find anybody who's willing to do it on the spot without practice and rehearsals and all that. Mm. Um, They now have like a handler watching Garth Brooks' every move because they're trying to get something, they're trying to work something out beforehand. And Garth Brooks is is just adamant. He's like, "Um, this is all according to the documentary, I I should say, I guess. You know, If if, if you're not airing the video, I'm not singing the song. It's really not that complicated. You air the video, I sing the song. You don't air the video, I don't sing the song. I don't sing the song. It's (laughs) not that hard. Um, so he said he got to the point where he heard the the guy who's watching him screaming into a walkie-talkie. He's getting into an S-N cab. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me the cojones on a guy who's, like, playing chicken with the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. Garth Brooks doesn't need him. He's gonna sell 7 million tickets to a tour in, like, three years from then. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's pretty close actually. Uh, no, actually, the the tour sellout stuff was in like 2012, 2013. He because oh. so after all this happens and he blows up and it's like a six year run where he's the biggest thing in the planet, he retires to spend like the next ten years with his kids and his wife.
1: But he came back
0: and then he comes back and the comeback tour is the one that sets the world record for sellout. And he didn't think anybody uh. would even come. He didn't even know. So the fact that it did it was such a big deal to him. Um, but, so finally it works out. All of a sudden, the handler guy turns the TV on in the locker room, and he hears Bob Costas go, and real quick, we're going to go to this Garth Brooks debut music video, We Shall Be Free. And the guy's like, okay, it's going on.
1: <laughs> I got it, I got it, I got it, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> so he puts on his the music video Its only like three minutes, so Garth Brooks got a turbo speed change back, and it was cowboy form. Right. So Garth Brooks puts back on his gear, goes out there, and Brooks it up, you know? Brooks it up. Yeah, I hope that's really the sense. only fan of Garth Brooks. How does it feel to know that your your idol is finally getting the appreciation he deserves? Listen,
0: uh I quite frankly, I'm a, like, I was impressed by a lot of the just the sheer enormity of the career. But then when you start when they start getting into some of these stories like this, you start thinking like Do you think do you think Jay Z would play chicken with the, the
1: national anthem. No. I don't think like so. This the guy, guy straight-up strong-armed the network over the Super Bowl. Right. Like, I think there's a level two Garth Brooks' sort
0: of, like, handshake's a handshake, a deal's a deal. I'm not gonna, like, we're not gonna do anything other than what we said.
1: And... Well, I mean, like, even even going back to, like, his origin story where you were talking about how Like, when he first went to Nashville the first time, he was, like, his career had already blossomed, even in this tiny town, outside of, like, the perimeter of what Nashville was at the time.
0: Yeah, he was already huge in Stillwater, Oklahoma, making $700 a week. And he was already making more than the singer-songwriters in Nashville. You're right, so, like, he didn't need them even then. Um, but obviously he knows that that's where you go to to get bigger. Um, but I mean, he's talking about, oh, this was crazy too. So when the comeback tour, when the world tour gets announced, the first place he starts is in Dublin, Ireland. Um, because when he did a world tour there, like 10 years ago, Ireland was like super pumped to have him. He's like, for whatever reason, they loved me and I loved being there. It was great. So Ireland gets so excited. They sell out. Five days in a row of Garth Brooks. Ooh. Five days in a row. Uh, it's something like 400,000 tickets. Oh, my gosh. Well, the city council for the Dublin town, all they do apparently in this town is play soccer. That's it. Um, they, like They play soccer in that town like 360 days a year or something like that.
1: They didn't want the other five days are reserved for Garth Brooks.
0: They didn't want to give him all five dates. Oh, and Garth Brooks told them, I they told Garth Brooks you can have three dates, not five. And he said, Guys, I sold five dates with the tickets, and you guys didn't say anything when I was rolling these tickets out. You didn't say anything when you took the money, you didn't say anything when you got your taxes on, you got your percentages on it, but now you don't want to honor it and he's like that's not going to fly with me I'm either doing five nights or I'm doing zero nights in Dublin well the city council Whoa. didn't budge and you're talking about a city council not any like they had the ultimate say on who could get the license for that because it's in there, like it's their building right. so literally the prime minister got involved the president Obama got asked a question about whether or not he would intervene uh, like <laughs> this was it was in Uh, But ultimately, the city council didn't budge, and so Garth Brooks refunded all the tickets and said, I I can't do that to basically half the people who bought tickets. That's not fair. Right. Tell me that's not a boss move.
1: I mean, I feel bad for the people who had to buy tickets and then got it refunded, because that also feels bad. But also, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. You definitely don't want to be the guy who's like, look
0: can't do this
1: but at the same time remember when imagine dragons like didn't even sing an entire concert oh
0: that still makes
1: me so mad i wasn't even
0: at that show and that makes me mad because it's about what you're what you get for your money
1: and garth brooks is like
0: if they can't see garth brooks then i can't take their money so right
1: they gave it back he gave it back
0: then he invited them all to come to America and see him on tour anywhere I think it's even the more boss. It would have been, this is what would have been way cooler is if he would have, he would have had the people on the two concerts, like get in touch with them somehow with their tickets and then like flown them to individual shows. Well, I mean, it would have been expensive, but it also would have been the ultimate um, Garth Brooks and FU. Right. Like you telling me he couldn't partner with like Continental and like the Marriott and do like a Garth Brooks says FU Dublin like event. <laughs>
1: And for the people that bought Gareth Brooks tickets for the Dublin show, you were invited to it. not Dublin.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. I'd uh, do it for all four hundred thousand. Screw it. Why not? Tell me that wouldn't just put it in the faces of Dublin. Tell me tell me you wouldn't just go to like their neighboring town and just rub it so hard in their faces. Like spend double what you normally would spend. You just ball out in this tiny town. Just to give them all the revenue, all the tax money, all the thing, and then and then be like, make it public, you know? Like, listen, I will spend triple what I was scheduled to spend in Dublin, but you have to advertise how much tax revenue you get from all five nights.
1: <laughs> I will even take a out... seven thousand percent increase in the amount of taxes collected in right. one good I will through <laughs> the four nights of Garth Brooks.
0: I will pay the calls for a worldwide full page ad so that everyone knows exactly how much money your town made off of my concert.
1: Like, if only he was that petty. This is why I couldn't
0: be in marketing, because that's how I would win everything. <laughs> like, if I if I have the guy who's pulling the tickets, and a city council doesn't want me, that's okay. All right. Like, if Houston was like, sorry, Imagine Dragons, you can't play five nights in a row. I'd be like, oh, no, no problem. I totally understand. Dallas you have like four empty baseball stadiums can I play five nights in a row and they're like probably we don't care and I literally that's what I would do I would then go to the record label and I would be like I need you to invest like two million dollars into the Dallas shows and uh, we're going to advertise that we're doing that (laughs) and then all the people in Houston who were voting like to go oh no you can't you can't play your show they now have to answer the voters why they didn't get two million dollars right does it feel smart now? Does it, Dublin?
1: <laughs> Dublin.
0: Dummy Dublin. That's just honestly like, that's how you win. That's how you win. Here's all the money I put in the in the pockets of the city that could have been you.
1: This could have been you. This could have been you, boo.
0: It could have been you. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I'm always blown away just by how impressive the Garth Book story is gets like it just builds and builds
1: but it keeps going and going and doesn't ever stop
0: well and just the idea that the guy took off 10 years and then comes back is still even more
1: impressive yeah (laughs) and like it comes back even stronger than before like everyone was missing a part of their lives and then they're like ah finally obviously Garth Brooks that's what I was missing for the past 10 years Well,
0: and so they actually comment on that
1: because they didn't
0: they were surprised by the sellouts because the sellouts kept happening he set a record in Chicago by like triple or something like that. Like um, within the first hour, they had 299,000 people in the online queue to buy tickets or something like that. Like it was incredible just the way it kept going. Um, But the musicians and stuff that were on the tour, they said essentially what we started finding out is the older generation all got married and had kids and played our songs to them. Now they see us for the first time too. So suddenly there was a whole new generation who was like dying for Garth Brooks. Because the other thing is, is he so tightly controls his music. You don't hear all these places. Like when I was telling my, I was telling my coworkers about Garth Brooks because my boss is from Argentina and uh, the guy I do the, the stuff with it, the pizza, he's like 15. So he, they don't know. So they're trying to Google mm-hmm. him and it doesn't come up on Spotify and they're like, he's not on Spotify. I was like, yeah, because they don't pay him enough.
1: Garth Brooks is so successful he doesn't use regular streaming. He doesn't. Uh,
0: It's a bit like Taylor, Taylor Swift when she wouldn't go to Apple Music because Apple Music didn't want to pay uh, musicians in the beginning. And Taylor Swift was like, okay, well, call me when you're paying people.
1: Also, Taylor Swift has two parents, both of which are accountants, so it's like she'll never have to worry about and money. And he also games.
0: worked in the record label, uh, record industry, and the dad bought the label that first signed her insane. Uh, but still one of the greatest singer-songwriters of our generation.
1: Garth Taylor. Brooks.
0: So, Garth Brooks is not... Garth Brooks is a performer. More than anything else, Garth Brooks is a performer. And he's the greatest performer. Uh, but he doesn't write most of the songs. Most of his songs are brought to him and then he finishes them. So, like, Interesting. that was what I was talking to about my, my buddy at the He's, he's like 15. He wants to be a musician. And so I was telling him how like they mm-hmm. buy and sell songs. And he was like, yeah, it feels like selling out. And I was like, well, that's the dumbest thing you could possibly say. And I was like, this is how most musicians make their living. And then that's yeah. when I started explaining how like all these guys who sell songs to Garth Brooks, and then these songs wind up being massive hits, and they're set for the rest of their life.
1: Right, because they sold a song right. one time. Well, I mean... Uh... Uh, what's that guy's name? Mike Shinoda. Like that's how, like that's how he that's how he made it, all his money. He was just selling songs. Like he only has like three songs that actually like played radio. Well,
0: and he also produces a lot. He's on a lot of stuff production wise. Uh, and I yeah. think Jay Z kind of really leans on him for a lot of stuff too, because Linkin Park and Jay Z did that mashup album, and then after that, mm-hmm. on Jay Z's uh, rap label, Shinoda did Fort Minor. Which yeah. was great, except everyone hates it because it's Mike Shinoda. A lot of people don't like Mike Shinoda, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I
1: mean, that's like a personal no. Beef, it really don't does know. sound
0: like it. Like the when people were talking about, it, people were always like Ugh, Mike Shinoda. I was like, what could this guy possibly have done to you? But
1: some people, <laughs> what personal problems do you have with Mike Shinoda? I like to think that he personally, like personally slighted them, but like not enough to like to, like it's like a searing hatred that like. Burns in their family bloodline, but like, like cut them in line on like a McDonald's, or but something like with really the
0: plate that said Shinoda.
1: right? And they're like, ah, this Shinoda guy, guy.
0: again, <laughs>
1: again. <laughs> that would be great. All right,
0: we're gonna jump on to a break. When we come back, we got more notes This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. i going to tell you guys about my friends The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They are still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going. They're building a website. They, they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some, some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they want to stay connected with the community, they want to stay connected with you guys, and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can during these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash uh, – I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar, The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out, and if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, thanks and be safe, guys.
1: This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio.
0: Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, coming at you on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at irelonestar.com. As always, you can go to facebook.com backslash Radio, and you can check it out and hang out with us and see what we're doing on there. Uh, We're coming at you from this quarantine edition of Nerd Thug Radio. So little brother Nico is coming at you live via Anchor.
1: Yeah, and then uh, power of the internet.
0: That's right. I'm also abusing the internet and coming at you with anchor as well. Uh, before Nico' Telly adventure begins, as always, we are running a contest. This week, the contest is still continuing from last week. You can win the Black Manta Chase from Justice League Unlimited, the new Hero Click set that just released, or you can win three Chase LEs as second prize, or third prize is a Marvel keychain. All you have to do to enter is to share, is to screen grab you liking, sharing with an encouraging message, or subscribing on any platform to NerdSug Radio. You do that, we give you an entry. All you got to do is keep doing that. The more screen grabs you send me, the more entries you have. Super simple. Someone's winning a chase. We're going to announce it next week. Uh, also, there's a pizza if you're local here in Conroe. The pizza winners have started claiming their prizes and posting on social media. I'll try and some repost some of those. It's exciting stuff. Get on there. Get you a free pizza. All you got to do is the same thing. Like, share, or screen grab. Send me the DM. Let me know you're trying to win a pizza. I'll put you in the pizza contest. Then you win yourself a free large specialty pizza from Marini's or a large three topping also from Marini's.
1: They're delicious, by the way. Those pizzas are insane. Oh, yeah. Those pizzas are fantastic.
0: Um, they make their own dough the night before.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. It's it's nuts
0: good. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and tell our friends about the Adventure Begins, Comics Games, and more.
1: Com, uh, Adventure Begins, Comics Games, and more is open. And finally, Advance. They're coming back. Oh, yeah. I got some so events for Friday, us. Friday, June 12th uh, from 6 to 10 is the Commander Tournament. You bring your own Commander deck. Uh, it's $5 buy-in, and they have prizes available. Uh, there's also a new set for Commander, so if you wanted to buy a pre-con, if you don't have a Commander deck, you can also pick that up there. Uh, Saturday, June 13th from 2 to 6 is the Icoria, the new booster set, is the booster draft. $12 drafts from 2 to 6, all June long, so this is going to be continuing later in June as well. And then Sunday, June 14th from 4 to 8 is the D&D Junior Adventures League. Uh, so age from 10 to 16, five dollars to play, or you can just make a five dollar purchase in store if you're gonna already get something they can play for for free.
0: There you go,
1: there you go, I like that. They could just
0: play for free, I like that. Um, the adventure begins, comics games, and more right there on 1488. They got all the nerd stuff going on, they got all the fun things to do, they got gaming. That's where I play my Dungeons and Dragons, they got my comic books on hold there. They have a great, family friendly, knowledgeable staff. Bill the owner is a great guy, He's a local guy. He believes in building community. All of these guys, Chaz, Jarek, Michaela, they're all great people to work with and deal with. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to get involved, Kate, I don't want to leave her out there and get an angry email later. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> not that she would do that because she's an awesome person. Good save, Corey. You're right. Um, but so make sure to hang out to the Adventure Begins <laughs> Comics, games, and more. They are right here in Conroe. They're a part of Conroe right here on 1488. And I've been seeing Diamond Distribution do this and frankly I think it's a little obnoxious. They're 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 toting the comeback. The comeback's gonna be great. Conroe Conroe is going to is on the comeback. Okay. Like that's that's what's really up. Like. Right. Conroe's on the comeback.
1: Uh and so right.
0: we're ready to get out and spend really some <laughs>
1: Really, gonna really gonna focus on the comeback of the monopoly here,
0: yeah. Honestly, uh, some interesting news from that this week DC has now canceled completely their relationship with Diamond.
1: Yeah, I figured something like that would happen.
0: They've now moved over to the two distributors they were already using, the regional ones, and now their Mm -hmm. trades are going to be handled by a book distribution company, yeah. This makes way more sense for DC, and DC is getting killed for it in the dumbest way possible. Um, so, first of all, the is stores a, are were there already
1: complaining about that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. The stores were already anti-Diamond this whole time. The stores have been complaining about Diamond forever.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. Well, someone's finally doing something about it. Well, now they're unhappy that someone's doing something about it. Um, the issue feels more like it's about the fact that Mile High Comics is one of the distributors and then the West Coast Shop the West Coast distributor is also another comic book shop but these are two of the biggest shops in the industry they're not a competitor to any of these people like Mile High Comics owns a massive warehouse in New York like they're huge
1: yeah they buy a whole a little, a little comic book store in Denton Ohio isn't really affected by this exactly
0: Yeah. The other thing they're complaining about is, oh, well, this is going to mess with the shipping. Now I have to pay shipping to two places. Well, let's clear something up. Just about every other business on the planet deals with more than one wholesaler. There's not another business in the world that always only had to pay one guy for shipping comic shops that were dealing directly with diamond. And that was all they were doing. They weren't really comic shops. They were diamond stores
1: yeah they sold from the diamond catalog right. they ordered from them they didn't
0: actually they weren't they weren't an apparel store they weren't stocking multiple brands they weren't a they weren't an entertainment industry they weren't stocking multiple versions of stuff they were only stocking what diamond was giving them and if that's what they wanted that's fine but if that was their business if that wasn't their intention this is the time to start changing that and the reality is if if you're going to be honest about the industry is diamond as the if they're really the sole distributor their job is to find more places to sell comics and they haven't done that ever they've never grown the industry they've always only just fed the direct market
1: and right. because they only that's all they had to do when when you're the only thing in your industry you don't have to advance or change there's no exactly. competition that's the whole point of monopoly <laughs> exactly there is no
0: competition and because of that I think this you is don't like to grow books, or advance you don't and I think this is why comic books are in this weird spot where we're as an industry saying that diamond is bad for us and now we're 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 calling for whoa whoa the horsey when somebody tries to get away from diamond
1: like it can't be both ways right it's either bad or it's good choose one you can't have both yeah and if diamond is bad, which I don't
0: argue with I think. I think their intention is to be helpful. I think their outcomes are less helpful than they think they are. Um I don't think they're a villain in the in the plot. I think they're just not the strongest player. Yeah. And so the result of all of that is they they are not sure right now the stores just aren't sure. Oh, well how do we make our money? Would well, you want to know how you really make money? Really? The real answer to profiting better from comic books is if comic book sales are higher. The more comic books that get printed, the cheaper per unit cost because shipping is a fixed cost. A box coming in is a box coming in. There's nothing anyone can do about that.
1: Um, It costs money to buy cardboard and put things in the mail.
0: (laughs) Now I get if you're getting shipments from two places that that sort of doubles the cost of your shipping. It doesn't really double the cost of your shipping. It probably increases it by a third. I got it. I get it. But what if the books you were buying were so much cheaper? And that's the thing. If the books you were buying were so much cheaper because they were printing so many copies, because they were selling in so many more places. And that is the failure of Diamond. Once they were the Monopoly, once they were everything, the reality is they should have then been taking that everywhere. Because their secret weapon is the greatest comic books getting made are in this catalog.
1: Right. It was a big deal to get into the diamond catalog.
0: Right. The, and then here's the other problem too. If you're an indie guy, if you're an indie guy, you should love this because now there are other places for you to go. The catalogs now have more space. Suddenly the entire diamond section, the entire DC section of the diamond catalog is gone. There's less books to be ordered. So suddenly you can fill that spot in the diamond catalog. It's a huge opportunity yeah. for you.
1: But only yeah. if, or if you well, wanted to go independent, it, there's more space for you there because now people are looking elsewhere other than Diamond.
0: Right, and that is my problem. So my, the reason I've never been interested in going the Diamond route with any of my works is because the 20%. So Diamond takes 20% off the cover price for quote-unquote marketing and then also for distributing the book.
1: Um. Picking 20% so you can appear in the back corner of the 62nd page of the Diamond Catalog. 62nd? You're lucky July. the
0: first 200 pages are Marvel and DC. It got so big that Marvel and DC started giving out their own separate catalogs, which meant some retailers never even opened the Diamond Catalog anymore because all they ordered was Marvel and DC.
1: Oh, that hurts my bones.
0: So, like, if Marvel and DC aren't even in the main Diamond Catalog, and if that's all you order... You never even were looking past it. The other thing is for Mile High and the other distributor, they can now put their back catalog of books in another place to sell. That's smart business. But Diamond was never doing that. Diamond wasn't trying to dump stuff out. They were trying to. They were just trying to push out what little product they had. And so to me, I think there's just – to me, this is a big opportunity in the industry. But I've seen today – or to the last couple of days, I've just seen a lot of just like – Sour grapes about it.
1: People just have to decide. What do you mean by that? Like, people like comic book. The comic book industry has to decide on what it wants to do because DC's made their choice now. Right and now, the Diamond is like, "Hey guys, we're coming back." And it's like, "But are you really?" Because you're half the company you were just a second ago. You just lost
0: the second biggest publisher in comic books. And let's be clear: like right. if you're if you're Boom Studios, if you're uh, TKO, if you're any of these small guys that have a, a, a like a foot in the door already, you're thrilled.
1: You're yeah, thrilled because suddenly you are that you.
0: much more important to Diamond.
1: Actual integrity, no twenty five percent off cover, right?
0: Right, but what you really want there is you're you're hoping to get you know, yeah, you're hoping to leverage something for yourself. Let me get a little bit of my money back. The reality is that 20% off the cover price, that kills any small publisher. Um, And and that's part of this whole monopoly problem is that there's really no incentive for them to care.
1: I don't have to care if I'm the only one in the room. Right.
0: You need me more than I need any of y'all. But now that's not the case. DC... And really, it's Diamond's own fault, and I sort of love it. Like, Diamond closing their their factory, their warehouse, because of COVID, which was probably a medical necessity. But the reality is, warehousing was technically one of the, uh, what was the essential business?
1: Warehousing might have been, but they were going to, what, ship it off to nothing? Well, but uh the shops that had shifted
0: over to online such as Janet's Space Cadets and the Adventure Begins was getting their website set up for the exact same reason was if you were ship online you're technically a warehouse as well so while you can't sell in store you can still have curbside pickup and you can also be doing delivery so there were opportunities for these other stores to shift over to other models they really, they should have shifted over to, you know what COVID did in a lot of ways is it really shined a very bright light on the inefficiencies of the comic book industry.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Because in a lot of ways, these guys should have been ready for this, and they weren't.
1: Yeah, there should have been, like, a contingency plan, like, number two. Like, what if something happens and we can't, and the comic book stores is closed for a little bit? It's like, well, I guess we're just going to have to pack it up and just uh give it, call it, call it quits for, like, three months. right. And when you
0: look at innovators, people like Jen, who had zero intention of ever sitting on their laurels, so she had already started the comic book shopping network, where another day at the office was the very first ever variant book. Um,
1: fancy, fancy. Yes,
0: yes. And out of a hundred copies, I believe she sold like seventy or eighty right there in the first the first go round. Because when I came to sign what was left, it was like twenty. Um, the reality is. She has always been pushing new opportunities and pushing boundaries because Miss Jin is always innovating. she's looking for new ways to be a successful store owner because if you just kick back and go, yeah, nailed it, well it's going to pass you by Mm-mm. And that's what's happened to diamond that's what happened to this industry as a whole is they felt like you yeah, know we're 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 pretty
1: much crushing it, and they weren't. We pretty much got this in the bag. it's like you haven't had a try in several years, yeah, we got this though it's like you just it, honestly... Your, you just lost your second big lips publisher. yeah, yeah. But it's the comeback guys. don't worry about it yeah don't
0: worry we're on the comeback it all it all reminds me of is when I worked at the at the company of dummies, and oil had been way overpriced for the last you know per barrel it was at at the hundred and I think hundred and twenty or hundred and thirty when I started there. They've been just over overpriced forever. Um, and all of a sudden while I'm working there, oil drops down to $30 a barrel at one point. And when there's free money falling around and everyone can make as much money as possible, a company of screw-ups doesn't really bother anybody because there's so much money. Like there's so much work and there's so much money that, oh, we can't finish Project B because they didn't ship us the right part. But they did ship us the parts for Project C and D to get started, and we're we're screaming in money, so we'll go ahead and do it. Right. No big deal. But then all of a sudden, when we had to ship accurately, ship efficiently, and not make mistakes, we were not prepared for that because we were a a team of village idiots. From top to bottom, that company was run by the saddest, least correct people possible to run a company and it showed almost immediately almost immediately it showed from the very first day when our president of the company has to come out and yell at the entire warehouse because nothing's getting done right and it's like okay but we just filled the packing orders like yeah we packed these two orders wrong yes then it's also okay but we also you know four orders were sent to us to fill completely wrong that's not our fault like it's just all around as a company as a whole there were there was no one who knew what they were doing.
1: Everything we're doing is wrong.
0: <laughs> Basically. It was essentially what happened. And it never it never got any better. It never got any better. By the time layoffs came around and people started dropping like flies, then they're laying off the wrong people and keeping old people and letting go of good young people. And you're like, okay, well, they were getting rid of people who could multitask and keeping people who can only do one thing. And it was like, yeah, this is going to go really well for you guys. I'm going y'all to have it.
1: fun I'm gonna see it it's gonna be great yeah y'all have fun with this
0: uh and it, it that's what happens sometimes is when you're woefully unprepared but still succeeding, kind of well then when it's when it matters when it's tight when it's crunch time, you're so unprepared
1: resting on the laurels of success that you barely had yeah resting on very flimsy laurels right. <laughs> And that's, I think, that's
0: kind of the big end result of all of this is when these companies were with, had their backs against the wall. They were just woefully unprepared, woefully unprepared. Um, we got a couple of minutes left here before we jump out. Uh, I do want to kind of comment on what's going on. So we talked about it two weeks ago. Um, it's still happening. It's still happening right now. Um. The other day, the comment specifically I want to make is about the Buffalo Police Department. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: The other day, I I don't know if you saw this clip or not, but there was an old man approaching the police, and there's no audio, so you can't tell what he's saying. However, one of the officers shoves him to the ground, and he falls to the ground and hits his head on the concrete, and blood immediately is coming from his ears and from his head. He is hurt. Yeah. Uh, Initially, the, the statement from the police was that he tripped and fell. However, there was footage from a bystander that showed that, no, he was assaulted by the police and he fell and he, and he was hurt. Mm. He's a 75-year-old man. Yeah. The two officers involved were then suspended. Fifty-seven fellow members of the emergency response team stepped off the team voluntarily in protest because of the treatment of the two officers also the police union has advised they will no longer protect law they will no longer protect the legal fees of anyone who stays on the emergency response team the, again the saying is always a few bad apples spoils the bunch that's what the saying is So when we sit here and we say, well, they were just a couple bad apples. Well, first of all, the police department, to make that statement that he stumbled and fell and tripped over his own feet, collectively had to tell that lie. That is a lie. There's no two ways around that. That is not a mistruth or a mistake or a misunderstanding or someone said or what about – that was a lie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That was just a lie. And then on top of that, it doesn't matter who he is or what it was. The the mayor – the mayor of Buffalo called him a, uh, a persistent uh, threat during, the organ- during these events. Uh, I might have gotten the quote wrong there, but essentially he, he tried to make it out that the old guy is a troublemaker. I don't care if the old guy is the Grinch. He's 75 years old. Right. The police are supposed to show a restraint of force, a control of situation, an ability to determine proper and improper action. And if they can't help themselves then they don't need to be police. And I'm done debating with people about whether or not it's okay. I'm done debating with people about whether or not it's appropriate. And the 57 cops who quit the team because the lawyers won't protect them the next time they shove an old man down, that doesn't say very much about them as cops either. Right. If they're more concerned about protecting their own butts because of the bad behavior they may demonstrate,  … that I don't know that there's a place for them in a police force that I would want to that I would want to see. I don't know enough about the movement behind defunding to know what that looks like to know if I agree that that's the way to go. I think a society still needs a law enforcement of some kind. Yeah, I don't um, think I
1: don't think removing the police is going to be a good idea.
0: But if when you look at city budgets and you see a budget, I think it was Seattle, where the police force budget is four hundred million dollars, and the next highest budget is thirty-five million dollars, um, then perhaps we are spending too much money in the wrong place, and we're not getting the right results for it. Um, right. Because most most people's interactions with police are post crime and investigative. Uh, if maybe we need more detectives, uh, if maybe we need fewer. Patrolman, I don't know what the answer is. I don't. Um, but I, I I have no room in the debate anymore for people who say someone who lied and someone who knowingly hurt a senior citizen and callously tried to act like it wasn't an issue. Those are not people who deserve to stay in law enforcement. Right. And I don't care how I don't care what he said. I don't care what he said or what he was trying to do got 75 years old. There are about 40 different ways to handle that man that don't involve throwing him to the ground.
1: There's about 200 ways to handle it.
0: They, they could they literally just wrap their hands around his waist and pick him up. Right. They, they chose to shove him to the ground, and that's their own problem, and this is the result of that. And I don't feel bad for those officers, and I think that they deserve whatever the punishment comes from that, and – I don't buy the heat of the moment argument because if you were in the armed services, you would be given a list of actions you have to take before you're allowed to shoot.
1: And I think, I think it really does come down to that. It's just that these are supposed to be professionals who do have power in our societies, and they need to understand that with – just like the, the famous quote, with great power comes great responsibility, and you have to be accountable for the things that you do.
0: Absolutely. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about in the very beginning uh, before off air, before you and I came on the air. If these people are going to represent you and make you look bad, you have a problem with that. You know, I don't want these people representing me or my city or my community. If they're going to go around hurting senior citizens. And I don't think that that's a crazy thing to say, and I think that that's a fair position to take and anybody who wants to argue that it's okay to hurt senior citizens i don't care to have i don't i don't even want to have the discussion
1: that's not the argument
0: we're having here (laughs) yeah we're not even about to have that debate that that case is closed and with that thank you guys for listening on behalf of little brother nico and myself on behalf of the adventure begins comics games and more same nerd thug time same nerd thug channel stay safe stay healthy stay clean resist the authority and do your best guys take care of each other This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. I'm going to tell you guys about my friends The Adventure Begins Comics, Games and More. Located right there on 1488 in Conroe. Right now they're not open, but the Facebook page is active. They're still working every day to keep to keep their inventory going, they're building a website. They they're working on some events behind the scenes that they can hopefully still put together, even maybe some some internet-based things that they're working on. Uh, but they they want to stay connected with the community. They want to stay connected with you guys and they want to keep serving the community in any way they can. During these trying times. So reach out to facebook.com backslash. uh, I believe it's The Adventure Begins. If not, just check the search bar. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. We often link to them so you can see them on our page. Just reach out, and if you can support them at all, go ahead and do so uh, as everybody kind of goes through this great pandemic opportunity. Uh, Thanks and be safe, guys.
1: Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio.